Welcome to Between Sundays. I am Tyler, and I am groaning from the pains of childbirth. Or maybe it's that chili I ate earlier today. Either way, we are talking about Perpetua and why we can be happy staring death square in the face. Barry's here to tell us all about freedom from death. But before the wolf and the lamb lie down together and we learn what a yearling is, now that they've finished causing me pain without expectation, let's welcome in our favorite new creations, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Wow, good day. That was rich. That You had a lot packed in there. Yeah. It's a lot. It's got to go back and listen to that one again. Right. Well, good. here's the deal. We just got finished with a staff meeting. We did. When yeah. we do pods on staff meetings, I'm basically <laughs> in like staff meeting coma because the past like four staff meetings has just been like filled with food. Oh, they gave us like yeah. popcorn today popcorn not, with I've, gummy bears. With an and entire bowl of like candy. Yeah, gummy bears and marshmallows. So they, they like to do special things. Yeah, it's very it's nice. awesome. To celebrate birthdays, staff birthdays. So like one Which time. every month. Yeah. <laughs> we, people were born in every month of the year. That's so yeah. true. But today was popcorn and I guess like fun ways to dress up your popcorn. It was great. The popcorn was fresh. It was I'm just saying I'm in a, I'm in a yeah. staff food coma. <laughs> It do, that, I, I can't accept that. It doesn't take much to fill you up, apparently. He's <laughs> got yeah. a dangerously low blood sugar, so anything he eats, just... Uh... I'm just on a razor's edge at any given moment. <laughs> Guys, what's new? What's happening? Man, I don't... Do you want to go first? Uh, Bar- Barry's I mean, in week two and a half yes. of a four-week adventure Marathon. of sermons. Yes, so I'm going to start with Marin. What's, what's, what's new with you, Marin? Oh, my goodness. Every time you say what's new, I typically like think of what did I do? Is that, yeah. is that like the right thought? I mean, here's a couple things that are new. It snowed for the first time this year. Oh, did this it? This past weekend. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Anything new with that? <laughs> you got Jed or Jaden oh. out shoveling snow or something? What's going on? My are, husband are your kids and I at the point snow. they don't they they don't play in the snow anymore. No, Desi does. But oh, okay. She it was so sad. She really wanted her brother to go out and play yeah. with her, but he, but instead I saw him videos of him just punching her in the face. <laughs> also that was true. So funny. Yeah. No, Jaden. Uh, he volunteered at Fuse in our Fishers campus, so he had done two services that morning. Then he came over here to the 146 campus yep. and did the rooted launch yep. with yep. me. So the the child just played music so tired all day and had a very small window of time to just. Relax relax before he went to merge. He's yep. a very busy kid. So he didn't want to go play in the snow. Yeah. I wonder why he doesn't feel like he can rest. <laughs> he was resting. I was shoveling. I did all of the things I just said he did, but then I came home and shoveled and made dinner. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, no. Yes. You slacker. Desi played in the snow. She played with our dog Maggie Aww. in the snow, so at least she wasn't totally lonely yeah. in the snow. But no, we actually perhaps foolishly, perhaps not, um, Drove to South Bend on Saturday during the snowstorm. Like woke I don't up. know that that's a good idea. <laughs> was, yeah, why'd you do that? My sister's uh, three-year-old um, had a birthday party. Actually, she was turning four, so my little uh, hero, my niece, was having a birthday party, and I would circle the globe for this girl. Oh, that's right. Marin and I are on the same <laughs> team at work, and uh, we had our team's catch-up Christmas party, basically, where. <laughs> We work all December to get ready for Christmas, so we schedule a Christmas party in January. So we had our team That's smart. Christmas party in on Friday. You still do like Christmassy things? Uh or is it more really. just like a winter party? It's a winter party. It's a yeah. win- winter solstice. 
no, it's not that. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, truly. It's not like but an astronomical it's thing. Like a that's pagan the sun. thing. We're not. No, no, no. no. It that's is? Not, no, it's not. Oh. Pagans used it as a way to celebrate. <laughs> oh. Not, not friendly here, everybody. Just us druids here. hanging out at Kendra's house. Uh, so we had our party, <laughs> and that went to, I don't know, late. And yeah. Marin was like, I got to go make a blanket for my niece. <laughs> what? And so she went home to craft, handcraft a blanket <laughs> until like four in the morning, right? Yeah. That's, that's what's new. That when is, I ask you yeah. what's new, that should have come up first, that you stayed up till four in the morning making okay, a blanket. So and this, then drove through the snow to South Bend. <laughs> yeah. So the schedule went, I was on at the Fishers campus. Shout out to Fishers. I love you guys. I had a rehearsal with them Thursday night and I left from my Thursday night rehearsal straight to Chicago to visit my aunt yeah. in her um, rehabilitation center. Yeah. So even my band members are like kind of joking around that they, they, they weren't really counting on me to make it back by Sunday, nope. <laughs> given that I was going from Indianapolis to Chicago, Little back do to they Indianapolis know. to South Bend and back in time for that 6.50 a.m. call time. In Little Fishers do they the know. But yeah, it was jam packed. Definitely a nail biter, especially the way home from from South Bend, slip sliding yeah. away. Nice. Wait, scary. You skipped the whole part where you stayed up till four a.m. and well, made a blanket. Yes, yeah. yes. Because so I made her a baby blanket when she was born, and she's loved it and she's adored it. But she's outgrown it, and so yeah. she asked me. That's all she wanted was a pair of roller skates and a bigger blanket. So I made her the blanket that Joanne Fabrics uh, said we would recommend this yardage for like a six foot man. So I made her a gigantic <laughs> blanket. Six foot she man. She will never blanket. outgrow yeah. it. She'll take it to college. She'll take that. <laughs> Rainbow blanket straight, straight to, to college. college. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So you showed me the picture. Yes. And she's like sprawled out. She looks like a starfish on the on the yes. blanket with roller skates on. Yes. She got everything she wanted. Yeah, perfect. She wow. she wanted a rainbow blanket. Now, a lot of you know the story, but my sister had lost her first pregnancy. And mm. so there's a movement where oh. when you have a child after having lost a child that child that's born to you is known as your rainbow baby. Rainbow baby, baby. Yeah. yeah. It's the rainbow after a storm. So this little girl is four. She's the most articulate four-year-old I've ever encountered. Really? And she knows full well her story. Really? And she's the rainbow girl. So wow. she wanted a rainbow blanket and come what may, she was wow. going to get it on her birthday. Which actually the day she was born was another massive snowstorm. And I did go off the road on the day she was born and then hitchhike to her birthing center. So it was just all kind of par for the course. Yeah. And then four years later, <laughs> that is a crazy course. Don't ever golf there, guys. You, four par. years later, you're driving through a snowstorm to get back That's for the right. Christmas party. But this time Jed was with me. So yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, it was good. Are you, are you a uh, snow people? No, you're not into this. Barry, are you a snow person? I don't. Like, are you excited right now that I, there's a bunch no, of snow I, on the ground? I like and when it first coming? falls, except when you're preaching to an empty room. <laughs> we have yeah. all of all of like three people. I don't know if it was the snow or the Colts or Colts the combination. Game and but the snow. There was a baker's dozen. It was it was the lowest I'd ever yeah. seen. But, but, but no. I had heard from Mel at this campus that you had a significant amount of first time visitors on Saturday yeah. of all days. Yeah. So you know, praise hey. God. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, I don't yeah. know. I I like this. I like looking at the snow. I don't like driving in it or walking through it. I live yeah. in an apartment, so do you, that means does I, the bunny enjoy it? Like, can you take the bunny out he, on a leash or something? No, 
I don't think I would do that. I don't think I would do that to Humphrey. (laughs) You you can get bunny leashes. Yeah, can you get like a whole like a harness? We're keeping bunny. We're keeping bunnies indoors. Uh, We're the we're the indoor kind of bunnies people. But so what's new with you, Barry? going on speaking of rabbits first of all i realized something the other day i looked at my own instagram feed and i realized like basically the only things that are on there are pictures of me and olivia yes rabbits or me and olivia with rabbits (laughs) (laughs) so Um, i does that make you happy or you got to change it well no it's i'm happy but i realized anyone who sees that probably thinks that the only thing i ever think about is rabbits and of course if you're listening to the podcast talk about the most talk about and here's why I don't think there's much else in my life that's like interesting or worth sharing on Instagram or, you know, so it wasn't a downer at all. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I need to like mix in more things. My life before rabbits, I just didn't post much at all. So now you're just seeing the things that I think are worth posting. And they well, I mean, you're rabbits. doing woodworking stuff. Yeah. People might want to see that. That's oh, yeah, true. That's but true. I, once I get like my, my space and my shop, then I can do other yeah. things. But if I have like some land and I've got like deer walking into my property, I can take pictures of that and put it on Instagram. You I recently posted day, a picture dreams. of a book or something that you're reading about the yes, Trinity. People want to know stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I need yeah. to figure out who, who I am on social media. Cause mostly my life's pretty boring. So you could possibly post, um, pictures of you and your leather bomber jacket from back in the day there we go oh yeah i could do some see some yeah. throwbacks yeah those so are I gotta work popular. on my brand you yeah. gotta help me out we gotta that. we gotta yeah. turn something around here <laughs> but anyway speaking of rabbits i was at the vet this morning because yesterday we got home in the evening and noticed that humphrey hadn't eaten any of his salad hadn't even touched it and hadn't eaten any of his pellets even from earlier in the day which means which is unusual very unusual mm-hmm. and rabbits have this there's this thing that it's called GI stasis. We don't need to get into it, but basically if they don't eat, if they're like GI systems, not, not working, they just like die. Like in a couple days, they're just gone. So wow. we're obviously terrified that uh, he's not yeah, eating. So what's going on? Anyway, we took him to the vet this morning. He was, he ate munched on a little bit last night. We took him to the vet this morning and they checked him out and everything. And apparently he's okay. There's not actually Good. anything wrong. And so that means we're starting to piece together. Either he's he's, he's like, just on a he's new either 2019 just about, diet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or so he's either just about to go on like a get get an infection or something like that that's only just about to start. So in which oh, case okay. we'll be at the vet a lot more in the next few days. Or he's actually heart sick because he lost a friend. And here's why. We just took Elvira, the one, the, the foster bun that was in mm-hmm. our spare room. So now that we have Rue, we decided we we're just going to keep Rue and, and Humphrey as the only buns in our apartment. So we took Elvira and brought her to the Indiana House Rabbit Society Adoption Center. So she's there now. So all we have are Humphrey and Rue. And so yesterday, or sorry, Monday, I, I cleaned all of Elvira's stuff and washed it and got rid of all of like basically her smell. Yeah. We are now thinking maybe Humphrey is depressed that he, he she's not there anymore. Like they would like stare oh at each gosh. other. They were like friends, I guess. So now we're like, we're, great. We've did got they know s- each other existed? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. They could see each other like through the, uh, through the fences and, and we've got to bring her back. Well, <laughs> we took him on a date and he picked, he picked Rue. <laughs> so he is a heart sick, yeah, you get, sad. You lay in your bed, Humphrey. You well, lay in the bed that you made. This this attractive other bun comes over and now he's he's just all confused. So. Elvira was she's a beauty. She yeah. is a beauty. She's a beauty. Anyway, so all right, so that's what I'm sure I that was free. Up. So like free information from the vet to you, right? 
Oh, totally free. It's going to be a very expensive, <laughs> yeah. a very expensive heart sick bun. I guarantee it. So, uh, but you know, it's better safe than than sorry taking yeah. chances. So, so, can you take a rabbit to any vet? You can, but you shouldn't, because they're they're actually considered exotic animals. Okay, like so where do we go? The Avian and Exotic Animal Clinic. By the way, this morning when I was at the vet, uh, this person came in and she's like, "Yeah, I've got uh, I've got." Which Phoebe and Chandler, her her two oh, her two pets. So she brought in a, a pet carrier with a really cute rabbit in there, and I was like, and then she's like, I gotta go get the other pet. And so she ran out to the car and came, comes back, and I'm expecting her to walk in with another rabbit. Yeah. Instead, she walks in with a giant tortoise, like a huge oh. tortoise. And I was like, wow, exotic. He had a metal plate on his back. Why? Oh. Cause like for registration or something, I don't know. Tortoise oh, registration. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> got to register that tortoise anyway, every year. I gotta say, if you want to go to a, a vet, that's the one to go to to see interesting get, yeah. other. And the other guy that's was cool. there waiting for his rats to get spayed. So it's <laughs> what? You know, yeah, exotic animals. So all right. Enough about rabbits. I'm sorry. Yeah. I always talk about it. I got to work on my brand. Is guess, there like a like a favorite treat that might like get him over? Well, he did eat a craisin. And he was there like, there you go. I would eat a crazy. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, that's good, but I'm just going to go back into my house and lay down for a little bit. Yeah. That's basically what he was telling us last <laughs> night. And he did. Man. <laughs> Who knew rabbits can get depressed that's and they sad. actually can. So yeah, here we are. We'll see how he is tonight when he, when he comes home. Well guys, I need some help. Talk because to us. last week I talked about how Milo's in the hurt dada phase of life. Yes. And like he just physically hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He just wants to physically he hasn't, he harm. He hasn't figured out how to emotionally <laughs> hurt you. Yeah, the year that, of the helmet coming. for, for dada. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it snowed and he just, he's old enough to understand that it, you can go play in the snow and eat the snow and all that stuff. Well, we, we, we were looking for a sled and he wasn't too keen on the sled. We like put him on it and tried to pull him and he wasn't having that. But <laughs> I what saw you... the video of him <laughs> saying, wee, but his face was yeah, totally like, like deadpan. Yeah, he was, he was wee. like, wee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so cute. But what he does love is watching Dada fall down. Oh, oh right. Yeah. And so Dada ran to jump on the sled and the sled went out from underneath my legs and, you know, he thought that was hilarious. Did, Wait, on purpose? Or yeah, you, yeah. You, I was trying to make him laugh for the first time, but you can't just do something <laughs> once. No. He's like, again. <laughs> and so, smash cut to me having bruises all the down the left side of my <laughs> body today. Yeah. And then, that same day, we're playing inside and he walks, I'm laying down because I like do the, hold him up with like Superman or whatever. Uh-huh. And he, he walks over to my, like, stand over my head, uh-uh. and he just gives me the eye and headbutts me right <laughs> in the forehead. <laughs> he takes his forehead and just slams it as hard as he can right on my forehead. I'm like, oh, buddy, did that hurt? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but it hurt you, and that's all that <laughs> <Yeah>. matters. <laughs> what do I do? What am I supposed to do? I, I think they outgrow it, but I mean... Did you guys wrestle with your dads when you were younger? Yeah, I, I guess it is funny to like watch your dad get hurt. But yeah, I, I can remember. <laughs> I got to get in shape or something. Jaden <laughs> had a time of day and it was always like post dinner, like right after dinner, it was wrestle time. Yeah. And he, yeah. he's always been like very literal and very articulate. <laughs> so he'd say, dad, I'm feeling aggressive. <laughs> and then they'd wrestle around. Oh he would gosh. hate if I sneaked. Nobody tell him that I said that. That's I'm what he feeling would say. aggressive. It's really funny. You need to teach Milo how to say aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Dad, I'm feeling aggressive. 
That's great. I don't, so, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't know, know what to, to do, man. I've never. My body's literally blue, bruised right now. I think the thing is maybe you need to not actually hurt yourself, yeah. but just pretend like you're hurting yourself. Yeah. And that would probably do the same trick. Yeah. I think he probably wouldn't know the difference. Well, it didn't hurt the first time. <laughs> Why'd you keep doing it because like, he, after it started to hurt? Well, because he, he thought it was funny. Yeah, but can't you like like I'm with Barry like you mimic the action without the yeah. actual consequence. But the the action was me jumping on a sled <laughs> and having it go out from underneath my feet. I can't like gently. <laughs> Got to find another <laughs> way. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I, that's, All right, that's well, a thanks tough for spot nothing. To be in. Thanks for nothing. What's the what is the your the YouTube guy that you guys always watch have to say about it? What's his name? Blimpy or something? Yeah, Blippy. <laughs> Blippy. He's super into Blippy right now. Yeah. What's he have to say? Actually, about he's really into Curious George right now. Oh, that's that's a yeah. Classic. He's he's moved on. So oh, good. Oh, yeah. Good. Curious George. Every time he's I've a gone bad, over he's there, he's a bad monkey. He's not good. <laughs> he's, he's mischievous. He's curious. Yeah, he gets into trouble, and that's now Milo's favorite thing. <laughs> Did Curious George like headbutt the man in with the yellow hat all the time? Probably. Yeah. You had your first sleepover this weekend. That's right. My sister's son, who's three weeks younger than Milo, came to sleep over, and it was we pretty. Oh. Yeah, wheel. Wheel. It was pretty uh, <laughs> non-eventful. There wasn't anything like to really to report. They just looked We're at each other. We're just going to do this every month Aww. now. Like so, switching houses? Yeah, so Milo's leaving next month. He's Aww. going He's going to Will's house. Is this the first time? First time. Wow. And my sister, I think it was, I don't know, had to be one of the first times Will was gone mm-hmm. for the night. And so my sister was just like texting yeah. all night. <laughs> sure. Like, I'm so sorry if he's not sleeping. Is he sleeping? Is he sleeping? I oh my goodness, did he sleep last like <laughs> the whole point is for you to get a night off. Let's just <laughs> stop with the texting. But I think no, it's it awesome good. that your family is that close. Yeah, like, yeah it was good. That is I was very just thinking, enviable. I was just thinking I was four and a half years older than my next oldest cousin. I didn't yeah. have I didn't have cousins like that. And my cousins lived in like West Africa. They were missionaries. Yeah. So yep. I didn't see them very much. No I was really jealous. Yeah. No, it, it's fun. And it'll be it's fun the more they get older. Because yeah. Yeah. they're all getting like the same toys and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it's funny. Um, all right. So this pod will be the last pod before uh Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So I want to just take a moment just to talk um, from between Sundays. We did this a little bit last year, but maybe share a little bit about what you're going to be doing because Grace for the past few years has uh, closed on Martin Luther King Day. Um, And so some people just kind of take the day for rest. Some people um, go and do something in the city. Some people go serve somewhere. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about Maybe what he's meant to you guys personally or um, what you're going to be doing on Monday. What are you going to do? Awkward silence. (laughs) Right. I wasn't prepared for that one. I don't have any plans. I I literally four hours ago said, hey, come prepared because I'm going to ask you this question. (laughs) No, you did not say that question. You told me a different question. (laughs) What? I I said I was. All right. Anyhow. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, I don't have specific plans for Monday, um, but what I like to do every year, um, not just for Dr. Martin Luther King Day, but for other significant calendar days, um, I like like watching documentaries, PBS, yeah. things related to the subject of why that's 
an important day. Mm-hmm. And I love having my kids around me when I do that. And it really it always fosters conversation. There's so many beautifully well-made um, documentaries that are out there and yeah. they're always, you know, right there when I need them on 9-11. My kids don't even remember 9-11. They weren't born or anything like that. Or Martin Luther King Day, Dr. Martin Luther King Were your kids Day. born? No. Okay. So they definitely don't remember it. No, no. So it's important that, that yeah. I find things Jeez. that help me to bring the importance of these days to life for my kids. Yeah. Um, there's a good one out that I'm, I've been kind of plowing through recently. It's, it's a, it's a PBS documentary. It's called African Americans. It's like, I think it's a four or six part series. Hmm. Everything from how African Americans got here through the first founding of the nation, through the Civil War, through civil rights, mm-hmm. up until today. So I don't know if you guys would be Is interested. Is it Ken Burns? No, it's not. I, I don't know the guy who does it, but it's really fascinating. Um, if you want to just watch one of the parts, mm-hmm. uh, jump to either the civil rights one or the one that's yeah. taking place today that's really interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Barry, what do you what do you got? What are you doing? Well, I mean, specifically regarding MLK, I I think this is probably a good year to begin the tradition of just like reading letters from a Birmingham jail mm. or yeah. letter from a Birmingham jail. Uh, that that's something that I stu- I took a seminary class about the theology and the ethics of Martin Luther that's King. That's right. Yeah. And so, what was that I, like? Oh, it's fascinating for me. It was so fascinating because I always thought of him as a. I mean, he was a, you know, a folk icon. He was a civil rights icon, but I didn't really know much about him at all. And I didn't, I had heard about the Montgomery bus boycotts and the, you know, all the different uh, things that he was, the Selma marches and stuff, but I didn't really understand the context, the time, the, uh, the movement itself and how they trained people in nonviolence and all that stuff, which just to, to get into that was such a mind blowing thing for me. So I, I would love to maybe read letter from a Birmingham jail because it involves a little bit of a critique of not a little bit, a yeah. lot of bit of a critique of how the church was responding to the injustices faced by, by black Americans. Hmm. So yeah, it, it's something that's, and it, it's just such a beautiful, well-written thought provoking. Yeah. Uh, letter. So I might, I'm going to read that and then yeah. probably begin trying to do that once a year. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Chicago and we had, Mm. we had a, a holiday where we got off school and it was Pulaski day. What is that? I don't think you have Pulaski day here in Indiana, but exactly. What is that? What is it? So my whole life, I just knew that he was some kind of war hero and Chicago um, is like a sister city to Warsaw. Okay. And so, you know, Chicago makes a huge deal out of. Wait, Warsaw, Poland? Yeah. Yeah. So Pulaski day would be celebrated probably in Illinois because there's such a high Hmm. concentration of people who came from Poland and now live in Chicago itself. So we always got Pulaski day off school, but I, as a kid, I, I just never knew who's this guy. Yeah. We just get the day off school. That's cool. Sleep in, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's what I'm afraid Martin Luther King day will mean to my kids. Yeah. If I don't educate them, I don't want it to be just another, name day off school right. not sure of his significance to society right. what he did or just his that historical he's just the i had a dream guy there's yeah. so much more to it than yeah. That. yeah i want them to know and to appreciate and not just have it be another freebie day off school right well i i appreciate the fact that grace has i i'm not sure how if it's always been or for at least at least a decade or more we've 
allowed staff to all, or we've given that day off to our staff mm-hmm. as well. I don't think most, not, not many organizations do that. I guess it's kind of more selective on which, which ones do. So I'm, I'm glad that we do that. I think it's at least sends a message that this is something that's important to us. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, to be honest, I, I, I was just glad we got a day off of school earlier. Like when I was growing up, mm-hmm. it was yeah. MLK day and it was just another day off of school. And, you know, we learned about MLK, but there's a lot of stuff that you don't learn in schools about Martin Luther King that I didn't learn until I was in my thirties. And, uh, yeah, the letter from the Birmingham jail, super poignant. Oh boy. <laughs> there it is. Uh, because... <laughs> I remember reading it last year and being like, am I reading something from today? Right. Because it's in, in a lot of ways, obviously we've come a long way from the sixties and the civil rights, but in a lot of ways things are very much the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think one of our visions at grace is to see a diverse community, intergenerational um, man, woman, black, white, Latino, like all kinds of races coming together and, having a worship experience, but I want to talk to you guys right now about like what, what's the work that you want to see done at Grace Church to get us closer to experiencing that? Mm. Wow. That's a big question. I didn't see coming. Uh, <laughs> he didn't I, tell us about that. Well, well, he didn't. Yeah. No, Sometimes you just go with your gut, you know? <laughs> well, I think for me, uh, this, this is going to sound rather broad, but there's, I think there's something that needs to be done just pretty much by all of us, which is a, um, a willingness to begin shaping our hearts to listen to each other and to open ourselves to possibly lifting up others instead of defending ourselves. I think Mm. we're all, this is such a divisive time that we're living in that everybody has kind of got themselves in these little protective bunkers of self and, and, to be able to make any progress in this whole area, it takes a level of, I mean, last week you're saying, I say this all the time, but it's self, <laughs> self-giving self love. It's a level of saying, I'm going to dismantle the walls around me and I'm going to actually open myself up yes, to the possibility that I, that, that I don't know it all, that I actually have something to learn and I may even have something to surrender. Yeah. If we can all begin moving that direction, not only is that going to help this issue, it's going to help a lot of issues, but specifically this issue will be, yeah. it'll be a different, a different kind of dialogue if we can begin with that posture. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of struck by what you just said about um, the self-giving love and removing the walls. I've, I've had a lot of time driving back and forth to Chicago, seeing my mom, seeing my aunt, and they can be very um, scary times, especially, you know, a couple of weeks ago when my mom was very, very ill and just knowing, man, I'm going to spend three hours like driving into like a very dark, scary place. Um, so I've had a lot of time to myself on those drives. And last year, I think my word for the year, which I I believe came to me in the January prayer gathering, my word for the year was steadfast. Mm -hmm. But on one of the drives to my mom, I felt like it was more of a phrase than a word. And it was love without fear love without fear. And so in light of Dr. Martin Luther King day and, and what the question you just asked us, I'm in the middle of a book called uh, reconciliation, liberation and reconciliation. And it's all about the theology of the African-American church. Um, So much of it coming from um, what the Bible has to say about injustice 
and the story of Exodus and being set free. Mm. Right now, our January series is freedom. And so I'm reading this because as we desire unity and we desire um, to see God lifted up in his body, to see him make his body one, I don't know that we can do that without taking a pause, letting those walls down, loving without fear and learning to understand one another, people who come from different walks of life than we do. Yeah. So that's what I would like to help with. Mm. And that's what I would like to see happen. I feel like I, I've been so fortunate in my lifetime to have lived um, the life that I've lived in just getting to have my family be such a rainbow (laughs) from my Mexican grandfather to my African-American grandmother and um, the family that adopted me. And I just have such a wealth of cultures. Um, And I want to help people who don't understand one another, Mm. especially within the body of Christ. Like we have one father and yet we can be so divided along racial lines. What's that about? I would love to see that wall broken down and I would love to see our people be able to love without fear. Right. Yeah. It's like creating, we all, I want to see where it's almost become natural at Grace Church for people to create the space or capacity to, uh, investigate one another's narratives or stories or have the Christian conversations or the holy conversations because when we create that space to investigate, we're doing the, we're, we, we've got the curiosity part. We want to listen. We want to learn. We, you know, we want to learn what the other person's narrative is, regardless of culture, regardless mm-hmm. of political beliefs, regardless. I want, I want that to be the work, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's, it, it's going to take us corporately uh, changing our, our primary statement or question from, um, let me tell you to tell me more. Like yeah. if we're approaching other people with mm. tell me more and we're, we're willing to s- step back from saying, okay, let me tell you and just ask, tell me more, tell me more, yeah. tell me more. And we're all doing that. Mm-hmm. That's when you begin to begin to reach a place of actual change. Yeah. All right. So speaking of tell me more, <laughs> good transition. There this we go. Guy. Tell me more. <laughs> About Romans 8 and what you had to say in your sermon last week. And uh, we sp- you spoke about the freedom from death yep. um, prior weekend, freedom from sin. And so we're in the middle. We're at the halfway point of our Home Free series. And so for anybody who may have missed it yep. or hasn't seen it yet, um, can you kind of give us the big idea of what you wanted people to walk away from from your sermon last weekend? Yeah. Uh, ultimately what I was getting at was essentially the, the truth that because of Christ, we can now live free from the fear of death. And not only just from the fear of death, we can actually begin to experience the overcoming of death in our, and, and decay in our lives. So that may seem a little odd and broad, but what I'm essentially, what I was getting at was that when you look at Romans 8, 18 through 25 or 24, excuse me, Paul is describing this decay, this slavery to decay that creation is experiencing and uh, is referencing this sort of future hope uh, that creation can experience. And what I was trying to 
portray is the fact that in Paul's language, he's kind of creating a parallel situation between humanity being enslaved to sin and therefore to death and creation being enslaved to decay and how those two are connected and how there is the, the hope for both humanity and for the rest of creation is is a, a future re- renewal, a restoration or recreation, a new creation. Um, and so one of the things I was trying to help people understand is that our hope is not just that we'll all get whisked off to heaven, to some disembodied spiritual heaven when we die. Our actual hope is to be resurrected into a new creation where all the brokenness of this world that we see and feel and experience will actually be healed, where it will be... Uh, we will live fully into the shalom that the peace, the the goodness that God had intended from the very beginning of creation for us. So um, we can have that hope. And when we have that hope, it can change the way that we view our present. And the sort of addendum fact to all of this, as I said, I pointed out the fact that um, in some ways, this future new creation has begun to kind of leak or drip into our present reality through the Holy Spirit. So um, that overcoming of death, we can Mm. actually begin to taste it now. That overcoming of fear, we can begin to taste, and we can actually start to live lives in which our relationships with one another and even with with the creation itself can actually look more and more like what's to come. And and so that also brings us freedom and hopefully a motivation to live differently now. So this passage is Romans 8, you said 18 through 24? Yep. And in it, um, Paul says, uh, creation's groaning with the with the pains of childbirth? That's right, yeah. Okay. And then so, he says, and we we believers also groan, which he doesn't say with in the pains of childbirth, but you can make that that assumption. And so you said that the, that kind of pain is pain with expectation. Right. Um, because childbirth is... It's pain, but at the end of it is a baby. There's joy at the end of it, right? Right. right. What's childbirth like? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, let's talk all about that right now. <laughs> I will say when you said that, I had both children on either side of me. We were at the Fisher's campus yeah. and both kids just like put their little head on my shoulder. Aww. And I was like, man, you guys never really thanked me for giving birth to you. But in that moment, they did. <laughs> they did. Thanks for that, Barry. <laughs> you are welcome. I'm glad I could facilitate that moment. So is Paul saying that this is how we should see Jesus and what he did for us is that that's the, that's the, there's pain, but Jesus provides the expectation part. Like, is that the connection that we're supposed to make? Sure. It's Jesus is the beginning of the fulfillment of this. So his resurrection, that Mm -hmm. resurrection body that he got, that is what we will get. We will experience that same thing. It's just that he started it for us. He got to do it first. And so his kingdom the, the kingdom of God that Jesus talked about being here now, that kingdom in some sense is the spreading of this new creation, both in part now, as well as fully sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. It gets, I mean, I'm not, we don't need to get into this, but some of the, some of the theologians, more modern theologians that I've talked to, that I've read about uh, their perspectives bring to bear a lot of the thinking of modern, like <laughs> conceptions of time and, and like some of the, scientific understandings of of the space-time continuum, which, again, no, we're not getting into. No. Marion, can you explain what you he means? You can't say that without your geek voice. <laughs> oh, sorry, the, the, the space-time continuum. <laughs> <laughs> but but essentially what they're saying is, like, the even the idea of now and not yet starts to kind of break down. Yeah. So 
but I'm not, we're not going to get into that. But it's just like the idea is that not only is this a future thing, but through because Christ began it, it is now beginning to spread in our lives in part, ultimately in whole, in the whole. So the hope part is the new creation. Yeah. The hope is that one day what we're now just tasting that the, he uses the word first fruits. Yeah. I mentioned yeah. that, that that's, this is the, the, if you're like harvesting grain and you're able to make like one loaf of bread out of your very first few like stocks of grain that you've, that you've harvested, that loaf of bread is an actual taste of what will net, what will soon be thousands of loaves of bread. Amen. Yeah. So this is not just a, it's not just a glimmer of something to come. It's actually an actual taste of what's to come, yeah. but what's to come is so ridiculously incredible that it doesn't even compare as he says in yeah. verse 18. And what's to come, you said, is not that we're all going to get whisked away. Right. I made Which, a little... By the way, I feel like uh, I feel like I sit here a lot on this show and I'm like, <laughs> how, come I, how come I believed that? Right. Because the dead in Christ shall rise first and then those of us <laughs> well, which like, are alive and remain in him will be caught up together in the air. That's why. That's right. There's a lot Tyler, of... <laughs> new King James... <laughs> That's right. Because because here, here's what happened, and I'm not I like this is for real. This is a real issue. But um, theolo- theology, as it developed in the West, in like the like the Western world, it went alongside Neoplatonism. Sorry, Neoplatonism. Thank you. <laughs> what what is this? This is Pla- Platonic thought. Plato, you know the philosopher. Yeah, yeah. Platonic thought. This idea that there is that there are these two realms there's the physical and then there's the spiritual and the physical is bad and the spiritual is good that is like a fundamental philosophical underpinning of our culture which we don't even realize but that's sort of how we think we think physical is decaying and gross and mm. blah but spiritual that's where we want to be that worked its way so deeply into our theology that we then read passages in ways that completely misunderstood the original intention mm. uh for example, the idea, okay, Jesus is coming on the clouds and yeah. we get caught up in that. We, we go up and meet him in the clouds. That's what scripture says. The original conception of that is a king returning from war to the city that is his home. We go out, we meet him and we march back in a victory parade to bring him back to his, to his ruling yeah. city. But we read coming, coming or meeting him in the clouds and we take it as us being whisked away to go join him in some spiritual heaven. Yeah. It, it's, it's because our... Like you don't find the same problem in Eastern Orthodoxy. Hmm. They don't see the things the same way that we do because they didn't have the same philosophical underpinnings. So, and I think the danger of, as you say, being whisked away, if if that's what we think, yeah, then we don't have any sense of obligation to see healing done here on the earth, right? Because it's all going to burn anyway. So true. it's all going to burn. And what is our primary goal? Just to get over that finish line to be one of the whisked away ones. Like that's the only thing that really matters is that you get whisked away. So, yeah. It, it to me it's just a it's a it's something that is beginning to kind of become clear as people are revisiting some of these even the Hebrew passages. I brought up several Old Testament passages. People are starting to reread those and then bring their new understanding into the New Testament and they're like, "Oh, this whole time we've thought this meant this, but it actually means this." And so, mm-hmm. things that yeah, even there's even a. Pass- I feel like I'm doing that all the time on this show. I'm like, wait, I thought that this happened. You're like, actually, the Bible doesn't well, say that. It says right. this. Right. Well, <laughs> and and even then, I think having a healthy uh, discussion. Yeah. On things that well, I I grew up 
thinking about it this right. way. Well, I grew up thinking about it this way. I think that's iron sharpening iron. Yeah, for sure. Right. Very I love much. It. I, I hope that every person listening to this podcast has some friends in their lives like right. we have, you know, to be able to bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. one another. Right. And so, yeah, and that's a good, that's a good word. I think I want to make sure everyone understands. I when I talk about these things and I'm trying to reinterpret some things, I am not trying to say you had this very specific belief, but you're wrong. This very specific belief is, is the right one. It's more, you had this very specific belief, but it actually might be a little more broad than you thought. That's Mm. more of where I'm trying to take people. So that's why I, I pointed out the fact that when you look at the new creation throughout scripture, it's portrayed as a wedding feast. It's portrayed as a beautiful kingdom, as this holy city coming down out of the, out of the sky. Like Hmm. the problem is we've the Western world, we've tried to synthesize all of those into a very literal, uh, fact-based sort of outcome. When in reality, these are, these are metaphorical poetic descriptions of something that goes well beyond our capacity to understand. So I'm trying to say, let's get a little, let's give ourselves a little more grace to kind of enjoy and, and wonder about the, uh, the wonder of it, the mm. the fact that it's so mysterious and beautiful and incomplete, but also we can taste it now. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first one to say, I also grew up with all the same things, uh, the same ideas. When I was young, I thought of it as me going to heaven when I died. I, I don't remember this. My mom says that there was a, a point when I was in middle school, really, really rough time in my life. I actually said to her, I did, I never like contemplated taking my life or anything, but I said to her one day, just in tears, why can't I just go to heaven? I just, I just want to go to heaven. Cause for me, this world was just yeah. too much for me, you know? So that was my mindset. Uh, but for me now, this, this newer way of kind of this broader way of looking at it, thinking of it, not just as a spiritual heaven, but an actual physical, physical and spiritual renewal. Yeah. That to me, it actually does affect the way that I live now. It, it actually changes my perspective on things. You said there's no dividing line between heaven and earth in the new creation. That's right. Um, so, which is, if you, uh, yeah, which is. Is that what you read in Revelation was that heaven and earth will both yeah. pass away? Right. It's the, and the idea that it constantly talks about, like, actually this is in the Old Testament, it's in Ezekiel, it's in other places as well, where there's no longer a need for a temple mm-hmm. because God the temple himself is the, in, in like Jewish thought and early Christian thought, the temple is the place where God dwells on the earth. Yeah. He, he sits on a throne right above the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies, in the temple in Jerusalem, yeah. like in Israel. Like it's like, that's the one place that is the, the intersection between heaven and earth. And what, what this, all this theology about the new creation is saying is that that will no longer be necessary because yeah everything is intersecting at that point. Mm-hmm. It, God is everywhere. And, and it also says there's no longer any need for a sun because, or, or a moon mm-hmm. because the glory, the shininess of God is now enough Whoa. to see by 24 seven. Shekinah. What? Shekinah glory. Uh, you hear that Milo? No death decay. You can headbutt dad, dad as much as you want. Right. It won't hurt. That's right. It won't hurt. <laughs> At least uh, you won't have the fear of it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So you told a story about Perpetua, Perpet- Perpetua. Yeah. Perpetua. I, it might be, I don't, know. I don't know. They all pronounce things differently back then. Um, I'm sure. And so <laughs> the hope of a new creation is why people like her martyrs, um, could die with joy. Yeah. It was, it was going to be in the place where I, where I will live that new life with, with my savior. It's, it's for, I don't know that she, 
mean, she didn't have access to probably a lot of the books that we do. Like the canon hadn't been completed, the Bible. So who knows what she perpetua specifically thought of as the yeah. the res- but she had a resurrection hope because that was what was the central to the to the gospel in the early church is that this life once you're baptized you are symbolically your old life is dying and you're rising again and that new life you don't die even though you die you don't die you fall asleep <laughs> and then you're resurrected and it's like death is a doorway into the life that yeah is promised to you which is another metaphor (laughs) so you said if we live this way we would uh have more hope in the face of brokenness yeah i believe we would but you made a point to kind of camp out on grief you pulled you pulled grief out yeah thank you can you talk a little bit about what you had to say about grief yeah so i wanted to make a distinction because it would be easy to say oh we're supposed to just not feel bad about things, bad things that happen, we should just be like, well, it'll all be better someday. But that doesn't take into account the fact that we still live in this broken world and death is not like Paul in in first Corinthians, he talks about death as the very last enemy to be destroyed. Like our enemy is still here. Death is still here. And so uh, it's okay for us to grieve the fact Jesus grieved. He grieved the death of Lazarus. Like we see grief is is a is a recognition of the brokenness of of our reality. Uh, it's not it's not a loss of hope necessarily. Mm-hmm. You can be both hopeful for the future and grieving for the present at the same time. Uh, frankly, Marin, I was thinking a lot about just the the waves of experiences that you go through, and even what I heard you uh, express to somebody the, the other day about your perspective mm-hmm. on how how you go through this mentally. And we don't have to go there if you don't want to, but I just, I was actually thinking of you when I wrote, wrote that because there is a difference between hope for the new creation and grief at the broken creation we have now. I actually went and I read that passage about Jesus grieving the loss of Lazarus. That's yeah. where your sermon took me. It took me to a couple different places. Um, even as I sat there, uh, in the auditorium, listening to you deliver your sermon, um, my mind just starts pinging about these different places in the Bible that you said this, that reminded me of this thing. Mm-hmm. And I love, um, I love what the Bible does. I love the way the Bible comes to life. Yeah. Um, and one scripture kind of illuminates another and, mm-hmm. and it's all tying together. I did go back to that passage about Lazarus. Um, and again, for me personally, to love without fear, Jesus went to his friend Lazarus's tomb and Lazarus had been in there for four days. Yeah. And he was even cautioned, don't roll that stone away. Right. First, right. first time he rolled a stone away. Yeah. Don't roll that stone away because it's going to smell bad. Right. Like the Bible actually says that it's going to smell bad. Right. But in his relentless love, fearless love, he wasn't afraid of what would have been completely against Jewish law, touching right. a dead body, oh, going absolutely. near a dead body, yeah. rolled the stone away and out of love went in and and then performed this miracle, bringing his friend to life. Right. Right. The other place your sermon took me, talking about the, um, the first fruits and how we don't have to wait until we get to heaven because there's glimpses of it among us right here and right now. We can actually begin to taste and to see mm. what what heaven is here on this earth. Um, it took me to Isaiah 61. Um, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, and festive praise instead of despair. We're trading those things. 
beauty for ashes, blessing instead of mourning, and praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Mm. And so then I thought, well, what do trees do but bear fruit? And so I'm looking around the room and it's like the Holy Spirit started to speak to me that I am among this forest of great oaks. I am among this forest of fruit bearing believers and the fruit that I have or, or lack thereof, I'll find it in my sister or my brother, mm. you know, my, my sister and brother in Christ even like it just got so deep. Like, so we're all supposed to be bearing the fruits of the spirit because we're all members of one body. You know, the Holy spirit, same one that raised Christ from the dead is in you and in you and in me. So we all are bearing fruit, but God doesn't just make one kind of apple, you know? Right. And so like, let's say love, you know, love, joy, peace. Let's just take love. Mm -hmm. My husband's love is not the same as my love. We love in different ways. In the same way that there's a Macintosh apple and a Gala apple, and they're both apples, but they're they're different. But they're not Honeycrisp, and therefore- Exactly, they're not Fuji. (laughs) They are not yet new creation apples. You know, they're different. So this fruit that we bear, it's not monochromatic. You know, it is so vast and varied, and we, we all produce this fruit, and we bring it into this glorious kingdom that- Absolutely. I wanted to jump out of my chair when I realized you're right, that we can start to taste this here on this earth. And so, yes, dear listener, I've been going through a lot. And I just, you know, like I said, briefly, I touched on it that I went and saw my aunt in her uh, rehab facility and she's worse off than my mom is right now. Can't talk, can't move. Um, Just she's just in such horrible shape. She had a hemorrhage, which I'm told is even more severe than like a garden, regular variety stroke, whatever that means. She had a brain hemorrhage that is so mm. severe. We don't know um, if she'll ever return to the way that she was. And so I held it all in first service. I made it second service. Um, I, I sang my last note, put the microphone down and went straight to the cross. Cause I just mm. couldn't even, I could not stay on that stage for mm. one more second. Yeah. I needed to just go sob on somebody's shoulders. And these women that stood around me were strong oaks. Mm. And what I needed in that moment was a little bit of their fruit. Cause they had it. They had mm. the patience. Yeah. They had the faith. And I, I just, I needed that taste of heaven. Mm. Wow. That's really cool. That's awesome. Of course, weren't you just getting on my case about using acorns too often? <laughs> I did say that you love acorns very much. <laughs> okay, that's that's probably and that more accurate. if you get a tattoo, your first one should be an acorn. <laughs> do you, are you? Do you guys? It sounds like no, but do you guys find yourselves scared of dying? Are you scared of dying or no? no? Not. I'm not afraid of dying at all. I'm afraid of those around me dying. Mm. I'm afraid of loss. Yeah. But I'm not afraid of dying. Yeah, I I'm not afraid of I'm not afraid of dying at all. I, really I'm not. I was thinking a lot about that this week as I was preaching this message. I was like, no, I'm not I'm not afraid. I'm of course I, I would be devastated to know the consequences of to other people around me mm. if I died. And I would hate to ever I want to be the last one I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because I don't want to suffer. I don't want to. I don't want to cause suffering yeah. for anyone else. I don't want to be the cause of someone else's grief. But, but yeah, as far as myself, I'm not. I don't fear it, and I'm. 
I mentioned at one point I said, I think I said something along the lines of like, look, I don't know how many of you guys spend, you know, think about this on a normal basis. I think about this probably daily, the new creation for, for a bunch (laughs) of reasons. I think about this a lot. And so for me, my hope is so wildly out of proportion to my fear (laughs) at this point that, um, yeah, send me into the gladiator ring. I'll, I'll go. I'm not sure that yeah. I, I'd probably still like wet my pants or something like yeah. that. If I saw like a wild lion coming at me or something, but <laughs> I, I, I hope I could say the same thing. I don't, I don't know. Like the thought of dying, I, I could sit here and cognitively say, yeah, I'm not scared, but I don't want to miss stuff. And I, I think <laughs> yeah. that is what keeps me from being like, no, I'm not scared of dying. Cause I, I don't want to miss stuff. Like what? What do you not want to miss? Um, I don't want to miss people on Mars. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> miss my the ability to buy a ticket for a spaceship on Mars. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I I don't want to miss what happens with my family. Like yeah. we're a young family. I I want to I want to see everybody grow up and flourish and do stuff here. And yeah, that's what I I, I don't want to miss. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. I'm sure that someone could psychoanalyze our three answers to that to that question <laughs> yeah like according to our enneagram maybe yeah <laughs> probably yeah. you don't want to see other people die i don't want to cause suffering to other people and you don't want to miss things. yeah i need to i need to be involved at all times that's for sure but it's it it's actually like because you you love people and you don't want to miss you don't want to yeah. not experience yeah another's joy so there's there's something in there for, i don't know <laughs> Well, I, I spoke about it a couple months ago. It's 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 a primary source of anxiety. It can be when I'm yeah. in low moments or broken moments where I, I'm convinced that I'm not going to see my family again because something terrible mm-hmm. is going to happen to me. And that terrifies me. And so I guess my question now is, is it just a matter of like, believing what you guys are saying or believing what what your sermon had to say about the new creation and like living with joy? Is it just like, okay, now I'm going to choose to believe it or what, what's a, what's a small step that I or somebody else could take that if we're like, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to believe that I want to believe that, that, that the hope of the new creation is enough for me to get through whatever I'm scared of when it comes to either death or whatever's in front of me. What's a small step I can take? My suggestion would be to begin spending time, and you may already do this, but spend some time with some of these sort of key passages in scripture and find what aspect of the new creation really resonates with you. Mm. I bet it would I bet it would be different for each person. Um, I mean some people would probably really resonate with the fact that there's no more crying. Mm-hmm. Somebody might say, wow, I can't imagine a, a world without pain. That'd be amazing. Yeah. For me, it's, I, I am so eager for a world without violence mm. of any kind. That to me is something that I'm very, that drives me to imagine a world of where love replaces violence like that. That's, that's something yeah, that drives. I, so I don't know, maybe start there, uh, start looking at some of these passages yeah, and just sort of find what aspect of the new creation fires you up the most mm-hmm. and begin to kind of just meditate on that and dwell on that. I love Second uh, Corinthians chapter four. This is another one of those scriptures that pinged while I was listening to your mm-hmm. sermon. Um, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. 
but the things which are not seen are eternal. When I'm looking at my aunt in that hospital bed, and just a couple weeks ago she was in a Pilates class, and now she's paralyzed. Mm. She still has within her the Holy Spirit. That's something that when I was praying with the women at the cross, that that was a maybe not a revelation to me, but a comfort to me that having a stroke doesn't take the Holy Spirit from us. Mm. And so even in the state that she is in, she, she has some, she has mental faculties. She just can't, her lips won't move to get words or thoughts out, you know? Mm. So I don't know what's going on inside of her, but there's a scripture that says this world isn't our home, that we are um, like aliens here. This, this isn't it. This isn't our home. There's something in us that yearns to be where God is. Mm. Uh, Barry, you said at one point that the new creation is not just a future reality. It's here, but in part, mm. just in part, like we see through a glass dimly. And so like the good things that we do see, the kingdom of God that's here, it's just a little part Imagine its fullness. Mm. Like you said, uh, imagine whether my aunt would have a new body. Yeah. You know, yeah. or where she wouldn't feel pain, or I wouldn't feel the sorrow of having to watch her walk this hard road. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, that's the, the expectant hope that you were talking about right now. Oh my goodness, the pains of childbirth are overwhelming, mm. you know, figuratively mm. with my mother and my aunt. But that expectant hope, I thank God it's an expectant hope. We don't grieve as those who don't know Christ. It's right. another scripture. We don't we don't mourn as those who have no hope is what scripture says. Yeah. I am so thankful that in both of these cases, my mother is ready to go be with Jesus. Mm. And my aunt, she is ready to go be with Jesus. Mm. Both of these women possess the Holy Spirit, which also frees us from fear. Yeah. You know, so if... If you're a person who has that fear of dying, I think it was Mel, she was hosting here at uh, 146 this weekend. She said the two most common fears are fear of public speaking, which yeah. we've, all, we've all conquered that one, and uh, fear of death. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the second most common fear of all of our shared experience of mankind. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit gives us boldness. Yeah. The perfect love of Christ will, will chase out all fear. So, yeah, um, I think I think it requires a, infilling of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, yeah. To, to be able to wait expectantly to do what Perpetua did. She had the hope of the coming glory, but she was full of the Holy Spirit and boldness to be able to do what she did. Oh, for sure. The whole story leading up to it, the part that she actually wrote, which I wish I had time to get into is really fascinating, but she recounts how once she went into prison, she began, uh, having these visions And so she writes about these visions that she had and what she learned from them and how she used the visions to encourage the people. And like she had this one vision that she was put into a gladiator ring and she was facing off against another gladiator and they had taken all of her clothes. But so she had to fight this gladiator and ended up like defeating him. And she woke up and she realized that she wasn't fighting against wild animals she was fighting against the evil one himself that's what this was about whoa and so she was like so we're gonna we're gonna have boldness and we're gonna go i mean like it's crazy anyway i don't know what that has to do with anything well and when i read bonhoeffer's biography i walked away from that feeling like i need to be filled with the holy spirit (laughs) i don't know that i could kneel down in front of a firing line the way that he did yeah you know um 
but he was so full yeah. of the Holy Spirit. And it it wasn't like a, a magic wand that was waved over him. He was disciplined to be in the word of God all of the time, um, commanding his soul to praise in the face of such darkness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for the, oh yeah, what, what else you got? No, I was just going to say, if you're interested, if anybody's interested this Thursday for, for, oh, for yeah. Facebook live, I'm going to be, it's going to be way different than last week. I'm actually just going to kind of walk through some of the kind of more pivotal, um, descriptions of the new creation throughout scripture. I'll talk, I'll look at several passages from Isaiah, a couple places in Psalms, the Re- revelation. I'll just kind of walk through and offer a few thoughts and comments about how they connect to the bigger picture. So if that's something that's interesting to you, uh, yeah, tune in. How did, how did it go last week? It was great. It was really good. I, I we only had about oh, 50, 50 ish people. Although I knew a couple people actually said they logged in with their whole small group watching. Oh, that's oh cool. wow. So, um, at least, at least one or two people said that. So, um, yeah, we had a good interaction. I thought it, despite being like super sick all day, I was able to like oh, yeah. be somewhat coherent. So, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. It's good. It's, it's just kind of casual and it's a good chance to like interact. And if you have a question, you can submit it and we'll, I'll see if I can answer it on the spot. It'd be fun. Thursday at eight 30 Facebook, right. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook page. All right. Where do we go? Where do we go next? What light fluffy topic <laughs> will we be, <laughs> we be discussing this coming weekend? going to take a nice little dip into shame town. Oh, so. shame town. <laughs> okay. Uh, freedom from, we must I know. emphasize freedom from, freedom Absolutely. from shame, huh? It is. It'll be, It'll be a little, I mean, it's going to feel probably a little lighter than the last two. I mean, sin, death, like those are heavy topics and <laughs> shame is, is heavy, but the focus really this whole week is going to be about the love of God. Cause we're going to skip to the part at the end of Romans eight, where it's just like, what can separate us from God's love? And we're just going to meditate on that and think about that and talk about that. And yeah. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. All right. Yep. And then, uh, You'll be in a you'll be in a state of exhaustion next week when we join forces for the uh, podcast because you will have completed three in a row. Yes. Are you going to be good to go next week? Of course I am. All right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Why? Wait. Why wouldn't I be? No, just kidding. It'll be. I'm. Yeah. I'm tired, but I already got sick once and I beat that. So. That's right. You beat it quick. I expected it was you out two for days. Like, Multiple two days. days that I was just miserable, but I managed to write an entire sermon in those yeah. two days. So come on, y'all. All right. <laughs> Got the Holy Spirit doing the work. It's pretty easy. Um, so we've been ta- I've been talking about this for months, but I think we have an official target for a live between Sundays oh. event. Oh. I, I can't announce it right now because there's still a couple more hurdles I have to jump, but mark your calendars for February. <laughs> you can't. What do you circle the entire month? Yeah, just circle the entire month toward the end. Block off all your evenings. Toward the end of the month uh, because I am I am closer to getting a live event on the calendar. So we, we're going to plan that, but I just wanted to give an update to that because some people have asked me, what's going on with the live thing? You talked about it, but that's what's going on with it. It is going to, I think it is going to happen. It's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, guys, it's Barry, Barry, thanks for the uh, sermon. Um it's super challenging to somebody like me. Um, and I know that this series is, is one that you're super passionate about. And I know that we're getting feedback from people that it is beginning to impact and challenge them the same way that I feel cool challenge. So thank you. Um, all right. So 
that's all we got. Marin, will you please send us out? I will, I will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your gut. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday.